Hey there, future friends. This week, we're saved three times. We go into business for ourselves, and we take one long shot. It's the week of January 10th, 2020, and this is the first new episode of the year. And it is episode 160 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. It has been a while, hasn't it? It's been at least three weeks. I had a nice holiday, and I hope you had too. My wife and I spent Christmas together and New Year's. I mean, well, well, of course we did, but you know, we didn't have the show getting in the way. Did, did you miss me? Because I missed you-ish. I'm not gonna lie. While I do like doing the show a lot, it does take up a lot of time, and I kind of relish these weeks that go by when I don't have to do it. Am I leaving you? No. No, I am not leaving you. But maybe 2020 will be the uh, the year of more breaks. We'll see. So what have we missed? We've missed a lot. We've missed quite a few movies, including Rise of Skywalker, which just topped... You know, we'll talk about that in the news. I have not seen it yet because, you know what? I, I didn't want to face the crowds. And we all know what it's like when you go to a Star Wars movie that has a bunch of Star Wars fans in it. And it's just negative. Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. But you know what I noticed? The more new stuff that comes out, the more negative they get, but the more positive they get about older stuff. Remember when it used to be Return of the Jedi was the joke, like that was the worst one? Now it's like, oh, Return of the Jedi, that's a great movie. When the prequels came out, it's like, oh, the prequels are shit. Now these new ones are coming out, and it's like, oh, the prequels weren't bad except for Revenge of the Sith. Now we're seeing people even defending The Last Jedi, which blows my mind, because I, I just rewatched that with Anne, and I do not think it's that good of a movie. It's fun, definitely. It's enjoyable. So as a sci-fi fantasy blockbuster... I liked it, but as far as a movie goes, it's not very good. But yes, my friends, it's the first episode of Future Flicks with Billiam in the new year, and I, I hope your New Year's went well. I hope it did. I hope this year is looking better than 2019 did, and I hope every year from here on out gets better and better and better. Well, enough with that. Let us get into the, uh, you know, the opening. Let me tell you what this show is about. You are listening to Future Flex with Billiam. And in case you're new, I'm going to tell you what it's all about here. On this show, we do quite a few things and it's all movie related. First and foremost, we always start out with some rambling intro that I never know what I'm going to talk about. And usually it's mindless bullshit. And then we jump into the first segment, which is the news, and that's any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. Then we go into the trailer trove, which is any new trailer that has caught my eye since the last episode. And then we jump into the films, the movies themselves, every movie that I'm aware of that comes out during the week. And we break them up into two categories. In both categories, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. And that's where they split the limited releases, then that's it. That's all I say. We move on. 
no more is said and done about the film. Maybe I'll say a couple words. Maybe. If, if I have something that really pissed me off or something that looked interesting about it, maybe I'll mention it. But other than that, the wide releases and interesting indies go off from there. And in that section, I then go on to tell you my thoughts on the movie. And I wrap it all up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score. And that can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible, terrible films. To an 11 for those films that turn it up to the top the most it could go, the biggest notch. I, I, I lost. I lost it. Okay, I lost it. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. And then I give you my pick of the week, which is, in my opinion, if you see one movie in theaters this week, what should it be? And then we wrap it all up with the question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network. That's right. And then, and then maybe you listen to the friends of Future Flicks with Billiam, the good friends. The good friends who have been so good and still playing my ad, even though I have not had an episode for three weeks, and they've been good about it. And so, so I thank you very much. Thank you to the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. I appreciate the support. Well, without further ado, let us jump into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Alright folks, we've had a lot of news happen since the last episode, and guess what? I'm going to skip some of it because I was not paying attention to my notes very well during Christmas and during the New Year's uh, time of year. So we will see what I find by using my Google Foo, that's right. So let's start with a story from IGN, a Wile E. Coyote live action movie. I, I sh** you not, no it's not April all of a, all of a sudden. A Wile E. Coyote live-action movie is reportedly going to get director David Green to helm the project. David Green, whose last movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, that box office abortion. And the only good moment of that film, the only good part of the film, was Turtles interacting with Bebop and Rocksteady. Other than that, it's garbage. And I'm also wondering why. Why are we getting a live-action Wiley Coyote movie. Are, are Looney Tunes still popular with anyone other than people our age? Assuming you're anywhere near my age. I grew up on Looney Tunes. I did. I still love them. I will still watch some random episodes now and then and fully enjoy it. But kids nowadays have... Uh, they. I know they tried to do Looney Tunes again recently, and I'm, I'm not sure how well it worked. But still, why? Why are you doing this? Okay, let's leave that behind and move on to a movie, a movie, a story from Stylist, uh, apparently. They're reporting on the Home Alone remake, which is definitely a movie that needs remaking, said no one ever. Well, apparently there's some casting news and the casting news isn't bad. In, in my opinion, this casting news is not bad. And so far, it's the only sign of any possible good that can come from this because the rest of it sounds like a mess. You should not remake this movie. Leave it the way it is. Of course, isn't, isn't that what we say about a lot of films? Though I do truly believe there are a plethora of films out there that could stand being remade. But I just don't think Home Alone is one of them. Anyway, we know who's going to play the mom, and that is Ellie Kemper from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, so yay there. And the other that we know is uh, playing Kevin, assuming he's still going to be called Kevin. Of course, it's a modern film, and he's a white kid, so he's probably called Brayden or Blake or something. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I think I have family members named that. I think my cousin called his kids that. Okay, whatever. I shouldn't say that, but I'm going to keep it in. Whatever. They don't listen. Archie Yates from Jojo Rabbit will be playing... 
Oh, not playing Kevin. Apparently it's still too early to confirm that Ellie Camper will be playing the mom and that Archie Yates will be playing Kevin. But really, if you get those two and you're not having them play the mom and Kevin, then you're f***ing wasting your time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a story that will interest anyone who listens to the Watch Your Mouth podcast, as well as the Watch Your Mouth podcast themselves. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter. Uncut Gems, the Oscar-buzz-worthy Adam Sandler film, has joined the list of top-grossing movies with the most F-bombs. Yes, the word f***. Apparently, he said so many times in this movie that it made a list. Apparently, the count is roughly 500 times. Others on the list is The Wolf of Wall Street that had 569 times. And some Canadian comedy called Swearnet, the movie, said 935 times. A documentary called says 857 times. So a documentary about the word does not top the list of movies that say That is fantastic. Martin Scorsese, according to this article, is fond of the word, just in case you didn't know. Casino uses the F word 422 times, and Goodfellas 300 times, Straight Outta Compton 400 times, and End of Watch, which I will never watch again. I I did like it, but God, that's heavy. 326 times. All right, this next story comes to us from Box Office Mojo. The Rise of Skywalker, even though it's been um, hit or miss with people, tops 900 million globally. But that's not Disney's biggest hat in their feathers so far. And by so far, I mean just this recent season. Frozen 2 is now the highest grossing animated movie ever so far generating 1.325 billion in the global box office it beat previous record holder frozen at 1.281 billion and here's the thing we all know that technically the last lion king adaptation is animated as it's all cg though disney considers it live action even though there's nothing live about it because and here's why this matters because the lion king grossed 1.65 billion So technically, The Lion King is the highest grossing animated movie ever, but since Disney does not count it as such, it's Frozen 2. As I'm recording this, my friends, we have the Golden Globes going on right now, and we already have some winners. I won't talk about the TV ones, because you know what? We're a movie podcast, right? That's weird. Who knew? I'm not going to go over all of them. Let's just talk about some of them. Let's start with Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. Renee Zellweger wins for Judy. Best Director of a Motion Picture, Sam Mendes for 1917. We have Best Actor in a Drama Motion Picture, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, who beat Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Best Motion Picture Animated, Missing Link, oddly enough, beat Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2. But here's a fun fact. Lion King was up for that. Best Actor, Musical or Comedy, Taron Egerton uh, for Rocketman. Best support, best Actress in Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture, Laura Dern, Marriage Story. Best Supporting Actor in Any Motion Picture, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Best Original Score, Hilder, some crazy jumble of letters, whatever his last name is, for Joker. Best Screenplay, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Best Motion Picture, Foreign Language, Parasite. So here's what's interesting to me. Parasite has been on the top list of so many different people. It's won so many awards of of, of best movie of the year. So it's interesting that it wins only the best foreign language film. But of course, we know that 
we know that the Academy and we know that the Golden Globes does stuff like this, that they have best foreign language film. So only American films, American or British, I guess, can win the top award. So best motion picture drama, 1917. And that's why I added British to it, because 1917 was written and directed by a Brit and stars a bunch of British people. And, you know, is about the British military during World War One. So, you know. And uh, Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This next story from IndieWire, it's just interesting. Ricky Gervais is already getting backlash for a joke he made during the Golden Globes. And what blows my f***ing mind is that this is the second time he's gotten in trouble for something like this, where he's siding with, in my opinion, the right side. So th this one, he's commenting on the lack of women directors that were nominated, and he talks about it via a joke, like, you know, comedians do. He says, no female directors were nominated this year. That's bad. I've had a word with the HFPA, and they've guaranteed this will never happen again. Working with all the major studios, they agreed to go back to the way things were when they didn't hire women directors. That will solve the problem. You're welcome. People need to chill the f*** out. That was a joke. He's obviously on the side of, yes, maybe we should have women directors. Maybe we should have them nominated for things, too. Maybe some of the biggest movies from last year were from women directors. I just watched Booksmart by uh, director Olivia Wilde. That was f***ing phenomenal. I loved Superbad when it came out. I, I liked that movie. It's funny. But after watching Booksmart, if I had to compare the two, I would throw Superbad away forever. Going, f*** you, I never want to see you again. Even though I haven't seen it yet, Greta Gerwig's Little Women... Apparently huge. It's apparently fantastic. Everyone I've talked to says it's great. So I am curious as to why the snubs. Because we have to be honest with things like this. Like, what is the reason? Why were there no female directors nominated? If all of the big movies, like all of the big head-turning ones, had been male directors, that I would understand. Because then if you forced a female director into this conversation, then I, I don't think it would be good. I think that would be dishonest. And in fact insulting but the fact that we had some of the biggest movies of the year by female directors and not not even one was mentioned in a whisper in this conversation that's kind of fucked up. long story short women got screwed and people can't take a fucking joke you know what let's just stop the news with that and hey if i missed anything during the three weeks i was gone that you think i should have talked about please let me know and i will talk about it in the next episode but let us go on to the next segment which is everyone's favorite segment the trailer trove Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Troll. Alright folks, we have the first trailer for the A Quiet Place Part 2, and and I am whelmed. I'm not underwhelmed, I'm not overwhelmed, I am whelmed. I, I think this looks good, I think it looks watchable, I want to see it, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think this looks any better or worse than the first one. And like Anne brings up, my main problem with the first one was... The fact that it didn't have to end that way. You know what? I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place that came out in 2018, why not? But also, if you care about spoilers and you still haven't seen it, then skip forward like 30 seconds. I, I don't know. Starting now. So when John Krasinski dies in the end, that was a stupid choice. He didn't have to. There were so many ways out of that situation where he could have lived. And he had been living in that world long enough, dealing with those monsters long enough, that he should have known that he could have gotten out of that situation in many different ways. So he didn't have to die. That was stupid. 
other than that, it was a really good movie, very tense, well done all around. But A Quiet Place 2, we have John Krasinski back to direct, and also he was a co-writer on this. Emily Blunt's returning, and the, you know, the two kids are returning. Three, if you count the baby. Cillian Murphy is being added to the cast. Jimin Honsu is being added to the cast. So yeah, it looks like a perfectly good movie. I'm not super stoked, but I'm also not disappointed. Uh, Quiet Place 2 has a March 20th release date. Next up, folks, we have a film called Gretel and Hansel. Do you see what they did? They put the woman first, so now it's woke. Uh, but joking aside, I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. Let, let me not tell you what it's about, because you should know the story of Hansel and Gretel. Yeah? We are Hansel and Gretel going to go into a house made of candy, yeah? But this is a, a uh, rustic retelling. Basically, it seems like whoever made The Witch said, you know what? I should do the story of uh, Hansel and Gretel. Because it basically looks like an alternate reality where the person behind the witch didn't make that and said made this instead. Because it just has that feeling of this try-hardy indie horror. And I'm really not sure if Orion Pictures counts as indie horror because indie uh, Orion Pictures is owned by um, MGM. Orion Pictures is owned by MGM. But of course, it could still be indie, and then Orion is just the distributor. But wh whatever, let's not get into those semantics. Let's talk about Gretel and Hansel, that it looks like it could be good. It looks like it really could. It could be one of those those low-key horrors that's not the type of Bloomhouse horror, but more like a an indie horror, made just for hipsters who want to go, Oh, did you see that movie Gretel and Hansel? So hot right now, Gretel and Hansel. I'm just so torn with the trailer because it looks like it could be equal parts really good and equal parts utter try-hard garbage. And I'm not sure where it goes. It is interesting that Sophia Lillis plays Gretel. Sophia Lillis, you'd know her if you saw any of the It movies. She plays young Beverly. And they she looks so much like a boy in this that I thought they did cast two boys. I thought they're going to do Gretel and Hansel and maybe it's going to be some early transgendered thing going, okay, sure, why not? We can do that. But no, just Sophia Lillis with hair so short it could pass military inspection and um, super androgynous clothing. The bad news is the kid that plays Hansel sounds like he has a British accent, which means that he's automatically annoying. And I say that knowing fully my wife, who's from Wales, can hear me because she will agree. British accent with children, super f***ing annoying. If you don't believe me, rewatch Bedknobs and Broomsticks and pay attention to the super common kid. Who talks, who talks about just taking the knob and twist it, yeah. Gretel and Hansel comes out January 31st. All right, folks, while I was gone, we had the second trailer for Top Gun Maverick, and I'm, I'm now more excited. I didn't think the first trailer looked bad. I thought it looked interesting, but now I'm more excited for this because I think from the looks of the second trailer, at least, unless Trailer Guy is working his voodoo witchcraft, it looks like this movie has the bright balance of nostalgia and something new. Because in this trailer, we see a couple new, a couple old things. We see another scene at a bar with Tom Cruise at a piano. Of course, Tom Cruise wasn't playing the piano in the first one, but someone at a piano, assuming they're singing Great Balls of Fire. And then another scene where they're playing volleyball. This time, some ladies join the fray. Yay, equality. I joke, because, you know, I do admit that the first Top Gun uh, volleyball scene, there is quite a bit of eye candy there, yes. But now we have some ladies in there too, so guys can go, oh yeah, that's why I like the scene, <laughs> bikinis. Not because of those guys with chiseled abs. <laughs> you f***ing liars. 
<laughs> but let's talk more about the trailer. From the looks of it, it perfectly balances it. So if we get anything even remotely close to what this trailer shows us, I think we're going to have a solid film. A great film? No. A film we needed? No, I don't think we need a, tra- uh, a trailer. <laughs> I don't think we need a sequel to Top Gun. We're getting one anyway, and I think this one is going to be the best case scenario. Are we going to see some shenanigans in some fighter jets that's, that would make actual Navy pilots laugh going, oh, you can't do that because physics, probably. I have a friend uh, from high school that actually went to flight school. Uh, he never made it for some reason, but when in, while he was in flight school in the Navy, he, he noticed that everyone loved Top Gun, even though they also loved to laugh at it because of some stupid shit that they did. Because Top Gun is an enjoyable film, and that's what I hope from Top Gun Maverick. That comes out June 26th. Also, while we were gone, we got a trailer for Downhill starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. This movie is about a family that's on a ski vacation. Uh, It looks like they're going to die in an avalanche, but they don't. And in the aftermath, Julia Louis-Dreyfus sees that Will Ferrell grabbed his phone and ran, leaving her and their kids to die. Needless to say, that kind of causes some marital problems. Maybe they were already having problems. And this movie is about that. Happy, right? Happy, not awkward, totally worth your time. This movie comes to us from the Academy Award winning writers of The Descendants. One of which, if you remember, is Jim Rash, who was the dean in Community. But The Descendants, I'm still kind of torn on it. I'm still not sure if I like the film, because I'm... There are times where I'm like, oh yeah, I like that film, it was really good, and other times where I was thinking it's slow-moving garbage. And I have a fear that this upcoming Will Ferrell movie will be the same thing. And I have a feeling that not only will people who hate Will Ferrell not like it, but even some Will Ferrell fans may not like it. This just looks awkward, uncomfortable, and unnecessary, and this comes out Valentine's Day. Alright, my future friends, I'm tired of scrolling through the YouTube, so let's just finish it up with the trailer for Tenet. Tenet that stars John David Washington, Michael Caine, Kenneth Branagh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, and it's Christopher Nolan's newest mind f- that revolves around international espionage, time travel, and evolution, apparently. Um, I watched a trailer a couple times just to get my head around it, and I just rewatched it again. I- I'm excited, and... It's only because I know Christopher Nolan. I know his work. I like his work. I know this could be batshit crazy. I know this could make very little sense. I know it could be beautifully shot. I know it could be very interesting, some really great CG. And that's all I need to know. Christopher Nolan is one of those people that have proven themselves to me. So I will now go see their movies. There's very little they can do to absolutely discourage me from seeing one of their films. I just swear to God, it better not have one of those endings like Inception did, because you motherfuckers out there who still believe that he never got out of the dream drive me batch crazy. There's so much evidence that he's out that at this point, you're just being stubborn. Either way, I want to see Tenet. I will see it in theaters, maybe even on an IMAX screen. Who knows? but we will tell when this comes out on July 17th. Well, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us take a break. And since I forgot a break during the, or between the news and the trailer trove, let's take a little longer break as we hear word from two of our friends. And you know what? Robbie and Lisa have a short ad. So let's do somewhat nerdy radio and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. 
Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. fine. And we're back. I'm sorry about that. I know all of you, my future friends, are so used to the one ad per segment thing. But you know what? I fucked up. What can I say? Well, let's just get on with it with the limited release section. And let's start with a film called Afterward. Jerusalem-born trauma expert Ofra Bloch. Block? It's Block, right? When it's B-L-O-C-H, it's not Bloch, it's Block. Whatever. Ofra Block forces herself to confront her demons in a journey that takes her from Germany to Israel to Palestine. This is a documentary that taught me that trauma experts are apparently a thing. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a trauma expert. Huh, sucks. Next up, we have a movie called The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. This movie follows, wait for it, Nicole Brown Simpson during the last days before her tragic murder on June 12, 1994. This stars Mena Savari from American Beauty, Taryn Manning from Orange is the New Black, Nick Stahl from Terminator 3, and Drew Roy from Falling Skies. You know, folks, the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and the O.J. Simpson trial are now just two things that you should stop watching movies about. Stop making movies or TV about. Stop doing everything with it. It's been done to death. Next up, we have a movie called Les Miserables. A cop moves to Montfermeil. I think that's how you say it, where Victor Hugo wrote Les Miserables. Stefan Ruiz joins the anti-crime brigade and is paired with an unscrupulous group of veterans, Chris and Guada. When a circus lion goes missing, the group must search for it. There's actually more to the movie than that. I just couldn't find what the f*** it was about beyond that. Next up, we have a film called Chapak. The Trials and Triumphs of Malti, an acid attack survivor, from the investigation of the attack to the court proceedings, the medical treatments, and the emotional healing. Chapak is a story of the unquashable human spirit. It's when I was uh, researching this movie that I learned that it's unquashable, not unsquashable. I did not know this. This is a movie from India that stars Deepika Padukone from Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. And finally... In the limited section, hold up, I lied, there are two more actually. So the second to last movie in the limited section is called Inherit the Viper. It's about Randy Orton's child. Oh, wrestling fans will get that joke. Three siblings in Appalachia get by as opioid dealers, trying not to get caught in the spiral of violence that comes with the territory. This stars Josh Hartnett from The Faculty, Bruce Dern from The Burbs, Margarita Leviva from The Deuce, and Owen Teague from It Chapters 1 and 2. And I'm sorry if any of you, my future friends, live in Appalachia, but 
from all of the show movies and TV shows I've seen that take place in Appalachia, it sounds like a hellhole. I also may be getting the Appalachians and the Ozarks confused between different forms of media, but also the Ozarks. Hey, anything that anything that takes place there that doesn't seem terrifying? All right, folks, let's wrap up the limited release section with a movie called The Informer. An ex-convict working undercover intentionally gets himself incarcerated again in order to infiltrate the mob at a maximum security prison because that is a good idea. This stars Ana de Armas from Knives Out, Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl, Joel Kinnaman from Suicide Squad, Clive Owen from Closer, and Common from Smoking Aces. And despite that actually good cast, I think this looks like just so basic. Such a basic movie about... Some some criminal who's learned his lesson, but he's going back in because he needs to clear his name or something, or he has to do something for his family because he's a family man now. He's doing it for the family. And he may get himself killed, and his wife is not happy about this, and his kid doesn't understand, and we've seen these films before. We, we have. And even though I like this cast, even though it doesn't look bad, it's 100% skippable. All right, my future friends, let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah Yeah. then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds of the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds of the squared circle on someonenerdy.com all right welcome back to the show we are going to jump right into the limited releases that's a lie it's time for the wide releases i don't know what's going on all right well let's start with one that may or may not have come out already i'm actually not sure which one it is because one of the websites i use for release dates says that this comes out this week another one says this comes out or it came out on the third which is weird because the third is a friday but in case you didn't know sometimes Indie films, or just something that's not a big budget release, sometimes they get released on different days. So this could actually have been released on third. It could be released this week. Either way, it does look interesting. This is called Three Christs. Dr. Alan Stone is treating three paranoid schizophrenic patients, each of whom believe they are Jesus Christ. This stars Richard Gere from Pretty Woman, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones, Walton Goggins from Justified, Bradley Whitford from Get Out, Juliana Margulies from Ghost Ship, Kevin Pollack from The Usual Suspects, and Stephen Root from Office Space. And it could be, oh, what's that thing called? Hindsight bias. But I could have sworn that I've heard about this case before. Either way, this is based on a true story, supposedly, because you remember what the deal is with Hollywood and true stories. Always take it with a grain of salt. I think that last movie from Clint Eastwood, Richard Jewell, taught us that. Because I'm not sure if we're actually going to know the truth behind that whole situation ever. It's forever going to be a he he said, she said situation. And this one, though, not as controversial. We have this doctor who is treating three people who believe they're Jesus Christ. And he decides, you know what? Let's put them all in a room together because that could not possibly end terribly. The three crazy people are Peter Dinklage, Walton Goggins, and Bradley Whitford, which 
You just need to put them in any movie and I will probably see it. Add Richard Gere, Juliana Margulies, Kevin Pollack, Stephen Root. That, that's all just sprinkles on top of the cake. The main cast, or the, the three Jesuses, I think are great. I love Bradley Whitford. I, I have since The West Wing. Peter Dinklage, so many people just know him from Game of Thrones, but he's far more versatile than that. And Walton Goggins, I love the guy. He's fantastic. I love Justified. He was in The Shield. Not the wrestling group The Shield. No, the, the, mo the TV show The Shield. But either way, what this is, what this film is, is a classic case of one of those films that you might look at and go, hey, that does look interesting. I think I want to watch this. And then you forget about it because, let's face it, it hasn't been sold at all. Even though it has an amazing cast, there is nothing behind this film pushing it whatsoever. I have not seen a single ad for this. I haven't seen an ad in Variety or any other magazine. I haven't seen an ad online. I haven't seen an ad on television anywhere for this. So how are people supposed to know about this film? Well, I'm not sure they're supposed to because I don't think this was released by any big distribution company. Let's see. Nope, nothing big. And that explains it. That explains why we haven't seen anything about this film. Maybe you have. Maybe you are you are learned compared to me. You know more. You just you're just out there more somehow. You're more aware. But really, there's not much more I can say about this. It looks good, but you're going to forget about this and randomly somehow stumble upon it later. Watch it and go, hey, that wasn't bad. Three Christs gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Like a Boss. Two friends with very different ideals start a beauty company together. One is more practical, while the other wants to earn her fortune and live a lavish lifestyle. This stars Tiffany Haddish from Girls Trip. Rose Bine from Insidious, Selma Hayek from Wild Wild West, Jennifer Coolidge from American Pie, Karan Sony from Deadpool, Jimmy O. Yang from Silicon Valley, Jacob Lattimore from Detroit, Billy Porter from American Horror Story, and Ari Grainer from The Disaster Artist. So the, the two women who are in business together are Tiffany Haddish and Rose Bine. And based on the types of characters Tiffany Haddish usually plays, I'm just going to take a wild guess at which one she is. Is she the practical one? Or is she the one that wants to earn her fortune and live a lavish lifestyle? I would be really impressed if it was Rose Bine was a lavish one and then Tiffany Haddish was a practical one. Because then at least then this movie would be, would be taking a new... A new angle, or looking at a, a typical story at a new angle. That being said, even though it's not taking this big step and switching these two characters who, it's a little obvious which one's which. But even though they're not doing that, I still think this looks like a, a standard comedy. I think this looks like a good time. If you go and see this, I don't think you'll see anything mind-blowing. I don't think you'll find your new favorite movie. I just think you'll watch something that will make you laugh. And then you'll go, okay, cool. I laughed. I saw the movie that I expected to see. And that's it. It's history now. The good thing is with Tiffany Haddish is that just like so many other comedians, like uh, Will Ferrell, like Zach Galifianakis, like Melissa McCarthy, you already know if you like her style of comedy. This looks like a perfect mindless watch for sometime later this year when it hits streaming or it just comes out and you red box it or you rent it some other way. It looks like a reliable film, something that won't blow you away, but something that's not going to be terrible. And I bet you there are a lot of you out there who will, would look at this trailer and go, yeah, this does look terrible. And yeah, sure. But that's the thing with comedies, especially comedies like this, these modern comedies. 
is that they're going to be hated by a lot of people, but the people who like them, the people whose taste this happens to fall in, will find a reliable film. Like a Boss gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, my feature friends, let's move on to the next movie for you. It was mere seconds until you've heard me, but for me, it's been uh, two days since I recorded. I do have a, a slightly nicer microphone, so I do wonder if some people can can hear it, can really hear the difference in my voice. Because when I record the whole episode in one in one sitting, not one take, mind you, because I, uh, I screw up a lot. But when I do it all in one sitting, you can hear my voice deteriorate as it goes on. I'm still amazed that the somewhat nerdy crew and Nerds of the Squared Circle and the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and you know what? Even Robbie and Lisa, that Robbie can drink Iron Brew, the best soda in the world, mind you, Iron Brew. Actually, Iron Brew might be tied for my favorite soda because when I was in New Orleans a couple years back visiting the somewhat nerdy and Watch Your Mouth friends, I had the King Cake Soda from Abita Brewing. We have Abita up here in, in California. We, we do get their beers. We don't get their sodas. If you're lucky, you can find a Beta root beer somewhere. But if you want a Beta king cake soda, you are going to have to do some some serious digging because I cannot find it anywhere and I miss it so bad. But I also miss Iron Brew. It's, it's so good. It's so bad for you. And I think some of you may remember me talking about it before that when I was in Scotland, I drank so much I started to break out with pimples. Anyway, let's move on with... Oh, why did I bring that up? So... <laughs> I completely forgot my point. So they can drink those things, but if I drink like a rum and coke or just a soda or have too many beers, my vocal quality just plummets. That's why if I drink, it has to be straight up bourbon, which is one of my go-to drinks now, or just tea or water. Yay. Anyway, we are going on to the next movie. We have three left and the next three are, are good, are really good films. I, I think, you know, at least from the trailer, one, two of them look Good quality. One of them looks fun. So this next film is called Just Mercy. World-renowned civil rights defense attorney Brian Stevenson works to free a wrongly convicted death row prisoner. This stars Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther, Jamie Foxx from Django Unchained, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Straight Outta Compton, Brie Larson from Captain Marvel, Rafe Spall from The Big Short, and Tim Blake Nelson from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Any other week, and this could have been the pick of the week. I think this looks really good. I'm excited for it, even though this is a familiar story. So not only are we familiar with stories like this, this is also a, not, not really a biopic per se, but a, a movie based on a true story because Brian Stevenson is a real lawyer who fights for those wrongly accused, usually based on their race. Because let's be honest, even though the world is a different place now than it was when this movie took place, even though it wasn't all that long ago, we still live in an unfair world. We can still take solace in the fact that things are better, but things could get even better from this. So I think that's why movies like this still do well, because it, it gives us two ways of looking at the world. We can look at it as, oh my God, can you believe stuff like that used to happen? And then we can also look at it as, hey, things are better now. They're not perfect, but they're better. So we have this engaging story, and then we have proven actors like Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson, and Tim Blake Nelson. Nothing against O'Shea Jackson Jr. and um, 
and Rafe Spall, but they're the smaller names on that list, and they're still good. You know, this is a good cast. And you know me, you know this show, I only mention the people who have been in something that people will know. And from what scenes I've seen of the movie through trailers and featurettes and things, I could tell that it looks like everyone does a good job. This looks like it's going to be a solid movie. But once again, we can't ignore the fact that there are actually two other movies coming out this week. One of them doesn't look as good, but looks more visually impressive and looks like it would suit the silver screen more. And we have the pick of the week, which looks like it's going to be both. Both a good quality movie and something that's worth a theater watch. So I think this week you have, you're starred for choice. You can see Three Christs. You can see Like a Boss. Not bad choices. Honestly, not bad choices. None of those were in contention for a pick of the week, but you know what? They look fine. Just Mercy looks good. It's going to be a solid film no matter when you watch it. And the next two films, it looks like they're going to capitalize on the theater experience a little more. And you have to remember that's what's super important to me. And that's why I have pick of the weeks that a lot of times are the blockbuster because they're going to be better on the big screen. Just Mercy looks like a solid film, a good choice. If you see this film instead of the other two, you didn't pick incorrectly, but I think Just Mercy will be just as good on your small screen. Just Mercy gets a 9 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a film called Underwater. A crew of aquatic researchers work to get to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. But the crew has more than the ocean seabed to fear. This stars Kristen Stewart from Cafe Society, TJ Miller from Deadpool, Jessica Henwick from Game of Thrones, Vincent Castle from Black Swan, John Gallagher Jr. from 10 Cloverfield Lane, Mamodou Athi from Unicorn Store, and Gunnar Wright from J. Edgar. So there's the Just Mercy underwater connection. We have Mamo. Oh, God, I have to. I always have to practice saying his name before I record it. Mamodou Athi, I believe, was in Unicorn Store with Brie Larson. Yay! And we made it just a little easier for everyone in the world to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I did that once, didn't I? I, I did a question of the week that was Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. We should do it again. Or what would be fun is to play a, like, degrees to your favorite celebrity. So it would be you, and you have to get to your favorite celebrity. And if you've actually met that celebrity, pick someone else. But just like, oh, I met this person who was in this with this, this with this, blah, blah, blah. Or you can go, uh, I know someone who went to Comic-Con who met this person who, and it'd be fun, right? No? No? Okay, I'll think about it. Anyway, Underwater. This is one of the films I was talking about when Charlie's Angels came out because Charlie's Angels looked f***ing terrible. It bombed, and the best part of the film looked like it was going to be Kristen Stewart because she she disappeared for a while. She went into hiding. She became better, stronger, and she came back and looks like she's doing a f***ing great job. So we have Kristen Stewart paired with a cast of people made up of a bunch of actors who are all, oh, I know that person. But you know what? That's what I really liked about Sunshine when it came out. Because when Sunshine came out, who the f*** was Chris, Hems Chris Hemsworth? Who the f*** was Chris Evans? I think Chris Evans had done Fantastic Four by that point, but he still wasn't a household name. I think maybe Michelle Yeoh was the biggest one at that time. Because Rose Byrne, I, I don't think she was 
big yet back in 2007. People knew about her, of course, just like people knew about uh, Cillian Murphy, Michelle, or Hiroki Sonata, Benedict Juan, Chris Evans. Oh, Mark Strong. Okay, he'd be the bigger guy, a big guy from that. But there is something fun about ensemble cast movies when the when the ensemble cast is made up of like B or C list people. And I think Kristen Stewart is she's a well-known name, but I don't think she's so far up there that it would it would take away from that charm. And also what we have is we have this this action drama that's also a low key creature feature horror movie because we have these people and they're in this underwater research station they're in sea lab but it's 2020 not 2021 and then guess what goes wrong they have to escape and maybe there's a giant scary monster or two coming their way so we kind of have a movie that's spiritually like deep rising in a way where deep rising was kind of like poseidon adventure meets peter benchley's the beast and if you remember watching the abyss then you will remember that it's also terrifying underwater that's why i think they could remake sequest 2032 if you remember that was the the one that was compared to star trek but but under the ocean and it had uh roy scheider and jonathan brandis in it but anyway there's a lot of potential in movies that take place underwater and this this is one of them it's not the first it's not going to be the last but there's going to be more and they're going to be interesting at the very least this doesn't look like a great film. It looks, uh, honestly, lesser than Just Mercy. The only reason it made it higher up the list is because of the fact that the big screen, the surround sound, the ambiance, it would all make this movie better, where Just Mercy, like I said, would be just as good at home. Just like Just Mercy, if you see this one instead of the pick of the week, you will see a good film. Will this one be great? No. Would it be lesser than the other two? Yeah, yeah, okay, but it'll also be entertaining. And why else do you go to the movies? If you go to the movies for any other reason than entertainment, you, my friend, are doing it wrong. But if you do see this in the in the theaters, tell me, tell me about it. Tell me how you liked it, because I think this is going to be a fun film, uh, a tense film, a film that makes me not want to ever go to anywhere near the bottom of the ocean. Thank you very much. I must stay on land, underwater gets a 7.5 out of 11. And with that, it is the pick of the week, and you know what it is because you've known about this movie for so long, just like me. The pick of the week is called 1917. Two young British soldiers during the First World War are given an impossible mission. Deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop 1,600 men and one of the soldiers' brothers from walking straight into a deadly trap. This stars Dean Charles Chapman from Game of Thrones, George McKay from Captain Fantastic, Daniel Mays from Good Omens, Colin Firth from The King's Speech, Mark Strong from Kingsman, Benedict Cumberbatch from Star Trek Into Darkness, and Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. Because guess what? Any movie that has primarily British actors is going to have at least two people from Game of Thrones in it. Because those motherfuckers hired everyone. Like between Game of Thrones and the Harry Potter series, you're going to... You're going to get at least one some one person from one franchise in a movie that takes place in the United Kingdom. But we've been hearing about this movie forever. The first trailer came out over six months ago, and there's been nothing but hype, nothing but hype surrounding this movie, and it's been growing and growing and growing 
and it's coming out. People are seeing it. People who saw it early are saying, hey, the hype is right. This film is bonkers crazy and you need to see it. It was supposedly edited to look like one continuous shot, which blows my mind. So let's start with the fact that this is a war movie. War movies have their own appeal. We we like war movies because they're very, most of the time, okay, most of the time they're very easy. We have the good guys, we have the bad guys. Especially in the two world wars, it's easy to know who's who. In the Civil War, it's easy to know who's who. In the Revolutionary War, sorry, sweetheart, it's easy to know who's who. Anything past the Vietnam War, anything from the Vietnam War on, it's a little harder to tell. That's one reason I really liked Good Morning Vietnam. Because Robin Williams knew this guy who turned and sh- and turned out to, what did he do again? Bombed a military outpost or something? But this human being, this person, he got to know, he's like, you are a good person, was the enemy. And then he also saw all of these young men going out to war and some of them not coming back. But when we have these wars, these earlier wars, World War I, World War II, Revolutionary, blah, blah, blah. It's much easier to tell. It's much easier to tell that that says, hey, look, I see this uniform. I see this symbol. I know this person's a bad guy. If they die, I don't care because they deserve it. Okay, that's not always true, right? We've we've talked about this on the show. We've talked about that not everyone who fighted for the Nazis was a Nazi. Some of them didn't want to be there, but had no other choice. But with movies, especially movies that don't tackle that aspect of things, we can go into it and we can look at it from a black and white standpoint. Reality's messy. Reality is sad. Reality has nuance. Movies can be one-sided and it's okay. It doesn't make, uh, it, it doesn't make Saving Private Ryan or Hacksaw Ridge or even miniseries like Band of Brothers. It doesn't make them bad. Because like I said before, we like watching these movies where we can watch without a doubt and say that we were on the right side. We did good. We fought evil. We fought tyranny. We fought oppression. We fought for our lives and we won. Good people fought and died. And we can go sit down now and watch this film about a much bigger thing like an entire world war and just watch one aspect of it and just watch one little corner of it. One, maybe even one battle from it. And we're, we're okay. We like this. We root for the bad guy, root for the bad guys. (laughs) We root for the good guys. We boo the bad guys. We enjoy the film. We go home. Maybe you buy it and maybe it sits there on your shelf and every year, once or twice a year, you take it off your shelf, you pop it in and you enjoy it again. So we have 1917. We have this film that's been hyped for quite a while that looks really good and it's finally coming out and it has the best of both worlds. This is a movie that looks like a good quality movie and it looks like a film that will 100% capitalize on the cinematic in theater experience. This is the movie to watch. I understand not everyone's going to want to watch it. There's some people who don't like war movies, some people who don't who don't like so much violence. So I'll tell you what, there are other movies coming out this week that aren't a bad choice. But if you see this movie, you have definitely made the right choice. 1917 gets an 11 out of 11.
All right, my future friends, let us take our final break um, as we hear word from, uh, who is it? I did everything out of order. Uh, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. That's right. I win. I remembered on my own. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall to wall, filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store. I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there. I'm like, yeah, the fuck did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up. How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that. Fuck a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. We are back with the question of the week, and it's been three weeks. We got one answer. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. And I'm thankful for that one answer we get that comes to us via SoundCloud from Anthony R. Anthony R., who says the new Ghostbusters or any Marvel movie starring plus-sized Thor. Thank you for being PC about it. It's like, you could have said Fat Thor, but you know what? You're woke. I appreciate that. But I agree. I am super, super, super excited for the new Ghostbusters movie. I want it so bad. And plus-sized Thor, chunky Thor, <laughs> chunky Thor is better. <laughs> chunky Thor. Now I want a chunky bar. I think they're done by Hershey's, is it? Hershey sucks, but this would be fun. <laughs> Just a chunky bar in the shape of Mjolnir. Mjolnir? I can't say it. Whatever. I- I've lost. I've lost it. No more laughing. I still love the fact that Chris Hemsworth was going to gain the weight himself until they said, no, it's not healthy to gain the weight so fast. Uh, we're going to use a fat suit. And apparently the fat suit gave him terrible back problems. But you know what? Chris Hemsworth is a f- sport you know what he did it before we turn to Anne's answer i do want to say i did check twitter so brian q critter if, if you guys answered i'm sorry i didn't see it i know big shock right um so let's turn to Anne's answer she says noel or no sleeps till christmas noel of course is the uh that newer from last year uh christmas movie starring anna kendrick bill Hader, shirley mcclain the one where Bill Hader plays Santa's son and he's supposed to take over, but then he disappears. And then Anna Kendrick, who plays Noel, has to go find him. Uh, no Sleep Till Christmas, one that uh, Anne really wanted us to watch, but we never got around to it. Uh, it's from 2018, starring Odette Annabelle and Dave Annabelle. And it's about a bartender and a businesswoman who find they only have one thing in common, insomnia. But then they learn they can only sleep when they're together. And we're not talking sexy time, we're talking actual sleep. The trouble is, she's engaged to get married on Christmas Eve to someone else. Alright, well it's time for my answer, and my answer is the newly announced, so beautiful looking, Star Wars 9 movie collection. So the complete Skywalker saga, that's up for pre-order right now on Best Buy for $249.99. I want that in my hands right now and i can use my nerd boner as a stand to hold it up so i can look at it hands-free because i love star wars i do god if if you said hey billiam do you want to watch revenge of the sith again i'd be like yes okay probably my least favorite of the films 
but I'll watch it again. Or is The Last Jedi my least favorite? I don't know. But I would watch it again. I go, yes, thank you. Yes, please. I may be able to criticize it and critique the hell out of it, but I will watch it. Well, my future friends, that is it for the answers. Let us talk about our new question. You have to have seen this one coming. It's the easiest question of the year. Which movie being released in 2020 are you looking forward to the most? Anthony R., if you want to answer again, um, and your answer would be Ghostbusters, you could say that, or you can just... Give me a secondary answer, too, since I already know you are pumped for Ghostbusters. So once again, which movie coming out this year are you most excited for? Well, my future friends, that is it for episode 160. It is good to be back, and I will see you next week. So let's step into the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as any podcast app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. All the stars possible. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, which are also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Support the friends of the shows whose ads you've heard during this episode. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.